said Pamela to the patriarchy. Do you queer what I queer? Come ye to live for more. Hi. What? Hi. <laughs> you didn't give me a heat lead in there. I really just blindsided Tom. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm fine. You're just like a sleepy, stinky baby. No, I'm not like a sleepy, stinky baby. You can't keep saying that and not giving any context to it. I don't know if we need to. Go ahead, please. Stinky baby is an inside joke in our friend group. So we all work at the same place. And one day, my partner was just walking up to Tom. And for almost no reason, Tom looked at him and goes... Hey, you're a big stinky baby. And from there on in, it's I think just. It was a little delirious, like cute lyrious. Cute lyrious. <laughs> like King Lyrious. King Lyrious. <laughs> you know my love of King Lyra. Hi, everyone, and welcome to. Do you queer, queer what I. Queer. That is. Tom. And that's. Elliot. I like it when we say the other person's name. Okay. So I'm here with. Tom. Wait. <laughs> Sorry, I have, like, name Lexia. (laughs) That's not a thing. (laughs) Oh, boy. This got derailed. Whatever. Here we are. Listen, you guys were dickwick. Folks, D-Y-Q, W-I-Q. Yeah. Acronyms, they're better. Find us on all the things. Just, like, find us. Just, like, go out there and look. Just, like, look under a rock. Are we there? Hide and seek. Ooh. Peekaboo. My bottom's just, like, up under a giant boulder. (laughs) That's what I'm feeling today. I mean, it's what you look like today. Rock bottom or bottoming under a rock is the question. You got me. Thomas, what is your fucking color? Oh, right. Um, my color today is... Oh, jeez. Oh, I know. It's like um, a midnight blue. Okay. It's really what I'm feeling in my soul. Ooh. So I, I should say I, all of our listeners know that I'm having a sober week. Yes. I'm like... It's the hardest thing in the world. And I know that sounds like cute and funny, like, oh my god, I can't have a drink, but like I'm heavily reliant on alcohol to like Function. to go about my day. And I don't say that as a light haha thing. Sorry, caveat, you don't drink during the day. Like you do your things not drunk. Oh right. Yes. Yes. Like actually though. Like yes, you no, go to right. work I, not drunk. I get hammered so I can fall asleep at night. Yes. And like right. socialize and like Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I just didn't... The day implication was, like, that you go to work drunk. Right. Oh, no, I definitely don't do that. (laughs) Yes. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Need to know. So, I've been trying to sleep, and it has not been successful. Um, But I've been having all these um, horrifying nightmares, like, the worst nightmares I've ever had. Oh, no. Like, anything bad from the past or anything horrific that I can think of I have nightmares about it and I wake up like gasping and so last night I woke up like as I screamed (gasps) and it's because I had my reoccurring dream oh my god have I told you about this dream no okay I have goosebumps though tell me it's fucking fucked tell me tell me so like once a year one around once a year like god knows um I have the same dream and every time it's the scariest thing and last night was even scarier so it's me and all of my friends and family and everyone I love on a beach. It's a bright, sunny day. We're, like, going about our business. And every time I have this feeling of dread, like, I know what's going to happen. And yeah. every time it happens, the sky goes black, pitch black. The water leaves. And the uh, this giant wave, like, this giant tsunami comes at us. <gasps> and there's no time, obviously, to leave. There's no time. There's nothing to do. And I always wake up before the tsunami hits. Holy shit. And it's always like 
like I wake up it's so scary that I don't I can't fall back asleep and so this happened to me last night except the difference was is that I was alone on the beach wow okay and so this color that I am is the color that fucking wave because I like I am the wave like I have the wave in my body today and I don't know what it is but I will crash on you might I suggest something Uh to interpret that so uh my sister-in-law uh worked in a neuroscience lab for a while and had told me that when you consume even minor amounts of alcohol before sleeping you can't go into the like proper REM sleep that your brain needs perhaps you being sober it's dredging up all these horrible horrible things because this is your time to deal with it because you're not actually sleeping and when you're unconscious is when your body like dredges through the muck and so now maybe it's like a week of muck because it's like oh sober brain let's fucking deal yeah or like let's try to deal right yeah right maybe you're by yourself because like and you're not drinking you're probably one form of withdrawal maybe yes Yes. i had terrible like dreams about all of my exes sleeping yeah it's just like yeah anything that could like make me horrified makes yeah. me horrified and i'm the color of that nightmare maybe you'll be stronger after this week i mean i feel strong now yeah like I'm trial ex- by fire or water like, bring it on i love that all right i mean i don't so i'm sorry but i love that no no that's fine what's yours uh so my color- also my friend called me out today and she was like my friend sarah in chicago and was like Stop making your color white, you racist, racist man. So, like, no longer will my color be white. Even, like, it just can't be. It just won't so, be. So, like, I, I'm speaking to my soul right now. So, my color's white. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, my color today is uh, blue, but not midnight blue. It's a very washed out blue. Um, right. It's, like, the color of that of your shirt right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I spent the day on, oh... Thanks. Jesse just turned off the AC unit. Do you think that'll make a huge difference? Probably. Okay. Sorry. It's we'll so fucking hot in Toronto so right now. It's so fucking hot. Now we'll sweat, but deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, my color is a washed out blue, a sky, a light sky blue, because I was at Hanlands today, which is Toronto's clothing optional beach, and I love being naked. I was raised in a household where uh, loving your body was like the first and foremost rule. Nudity was nothing to be ashamed of. Love and so it. when I get to these spaces, I feel very at home and I connect with myself very, very deeply and I feel family connections and uh, just uh, looking up at, I literally looked up at the sky naked, saw that color imprinted in my brain for five hours today. And that's, that is what I am now. It's very oh. grounding and I feel lovely to be quite honest. As usual, we are on opposite sides of the spectrum. When is it going to reverse? Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> Manic laughter. Also, not to like, um, I just want to bring it back to the stakes because you're not drinking for a week on a steak. I'm joining you for solidarity because I love you. No, right. one, no one asked me it to. It seems like you're like, right, you know. Trying to take your thing away. Taking my thunder, yeah. Like, love to steal thunders but also um, no we needed it after pride anyway exactly my thing for a week is no group chats it has been so fucking difficult which is ridiculous it's just a group text but what i've realized is all it has done is make my partner do more labor to reply to people and i just stopped getting stressed out so thank you it's so relaxing to get all these group group texts and i'm like oh i can't what am i gonna do i just literally can't Mm -hmm. so i love that cool Um, yeah. That is one of the things that went, ran through my mind that might happen. It's a bit relieving. Yeah. Because it's a lot. Because, like, uh, my partner and I are very, very 
accessible because we're two people and everyone knows, oh, there's no way both of their phones aren't around or on. And so I'm like, fuck that. Like, I don't know anybody, anything. That's great. Maybe like I I might be convinced to go longer with no drinking. Yeah, maybe I can too. Maybe we should just up the ante. Doug Ford was sworn in today. His entire cabinet is white except for one token Asian man. So... I, I mean, if I'm not driven to the bottle, then I'm driven off the bottle. Like, true, 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 true. You're so on the bottle, you're on the wagon. Yeah, exactly. You're on the beer wagon. Uh, oh. Making jokes about addiction is fine, right? I don't know. When you have one, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> Laugh about it. <laughs> Literally. I was so worried you'd say that I couldn't get high for a week. Smoke weed, I should say, for a mm-hmm, week. So mm-hmm. thank you for leaving me that one piece of sanity. Mm, I wouldn't do that too. But maybe you should have. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Okay, well fuck you Doug Ford. Fuck you very much. Congratulations. Tom is so mad about Aquaria. <laughs> let's everyone just let him have this. Let's let's let him have it. Fuck Aquaria. It's fine. What a privileged piece of shit. The real winner of RuPaul's Drag Race were the, the dead butterflies. The squashed butterflies <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> I love it. That's me today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to be that too. Can we, Can we both squashed butterflies? We're the butterflies that Cameron squashed while doing like splits on the stage. I would definitely be that butterfly. Me I too. Would love that. I love it. I can like, oh, no. So, <laughs> big, um, big episode today. Big episode today. We have a bit of like a, it's very queer today. It's, it's so a queer. New format. New format. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and before we get to the, the second segment... Which I'm sure is ruined by the fucking caption anyway, every single time. <laughs> but before we get to that, I just think we owe you, our listeners, a little bit of a check-in from Pride. Oh, right. Just, just well, like a we cute... We can skim through it. Yeah, yeah. We, can, we can get more meaty beefy with this later. But <laughs> my Pride was very meaty beefy uh-huh. as well. Uh-huh. Um, it was like as much as I like to be negative about things and be critical about things... I read something today that said, like, Pride is no longer political. It's It's been, like, corporatized. It's been uh, sanitized. But it is a celebration. And I'm not saying we should wallow in that. But I celebrated and it was nice to celebrate. And letting myself relax and just breathe and be like, it's okay to to be here and do this felt nice. It's nice to hear you say say that. And I echo that sentiment. I really do. I was going into the weekend sort of... As usual, with my armor on, armor on, and my guard up. Yes, and uh, it it fell off. It, yeah, I, I celebrated. I had fun. Yes, that's my privilege. But like, yeah. it is. Both I, are I really true. just like I, I, I. This is my family. This is my community, and I love my community. Me too. I love, I love all the people that I run into on the street, and how lucky we are to just like be plopped in the middle of it. Could not agree more. Did I scowl at the two Budweiser floats? You better fucking believe I did. Yes. Did I also prance around naked? You better fucking believe I did. <laughs> so there you and go. And like I had the best, like my favorite time. And this year was was the same um, in the parade uh, with my hockey friends on our on our pink Zamboni hot tub float. Love it. It was the greatest. And at the end of the parade, there's always like a, like a barrage of like... Um, gay hate like uh jesus lovers yeah fags go to hell like all those people those signs yep and every single year i got so fired up and angry and then this year the sweetest thing happened there was a wall in front of that wall oh my god of all like younger mostly women 
who were holding up signs that are like, we are Christian and we love you. Like, oh. Christian doesn't equal hate. And I was just like ready to yell. And I saw the line in front of that line. I was like, oh my God, that is what being an ally, that's what being an accomplice is all about. Yes, like, absolutely. That's their fighting for our right. You know what I mean? They're putting their self, their safety possibly on the line for Absolute our right fucking to be able to celebrate. Absolutely. So all those fucking beautiful people. Oh. It was lovely. Also, I just need to like say, uh, Tom just, just learned a lesson <laughs> from the segment. We're actually recording this intro after we spoke to our guest. Yes. So like the education's already working. It's working Woo! so much. It's like breaking temporal boundaries. <laughs> what is time? What is time? Time yeah. is queer. It's heteronormativity. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> Opposite. <laughs> no. Time is heteronormativity or it's queer? No, time, time is heteronormativity. And we broke it by being We broke queer. it. I love it. We broke time. We queered time. <laughs> That's perfect. Oops. Listen. <laughs> Look. Fucking hell. Anyway, go on with your point. I interrupted you with I, yelling. No, I celebrated. I had fun. I like... No, d- I meant the time thing. Oh. We oh, recorded. That was, that was it. Yeah. Oh, so this okay. is actually... We're recording after we've spoken to our guests. So we're now more intelligent. <laughs> Than we were. We can't wait for you all. I learned to learn. that uh, Elliot's referring to. I learned that being an ally isn't enough anymore. The time for allyship is past. Yes, you have to be an accomplice. Yes. You have to be with the people on the front lines. If you go to a rally, you have to be up at the front. Um, that's not taking away space from someone else. That is, that is supporting them in that space. Absolutely. Keep fucking listening to hear way more about that. Right. In an amazing way. <laughs> By uh, someone much smarter than me. Exactly. Most people are. <laughs> last <laughs> yeah. thing last thing about Pride. Well, two things. If all fags go to hell, faggot party in hell, meet me there. I can't fucking wait. <laughs> Second thing, I also had this amazing moment of like queer solidarity in that we kind of randomly bumped into friends, which then turned into a bigger group of queers and a bigger group. And like uh, to be surrounded by a community and feel like I have a community when I feel like I've talked about wanting one and didn't necessarily find one felt really nice. And so all last thing I'll say about pride is that like, I had a really fucking good time. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks. <laughs> thanks friends. Okay. Let's transition seamlessly. Do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite queer person in my community's name is Kate. And we always yes. talk about her. She always keeps us on track. And this week she's done no different. Of course not. Uh, we got a, an email about, uh, an issue and we just want to pass that along because it's our duty. Yes, it is our duty and thank you Kate and she sent us an email about the Jonathan Styers case out of Hamilton uh, and he was a 29 year old um, indigenous man who is also a father who was shot and killed by a man named Peter Kill. I think that's how you pronounce it Kill. I believe so. Um, while he was uh, breaking into to Kill's car um, and this echoes Colton Bushi as well uh, and like it it's so fucked up but shouldn't be shocking at this point that Kill was totally acquitted of all charges mm-hmm. uh, just like Gerald Stanley in the Colton Bushi trial and so uh, this just comes on the tail of Tina Fontaine um, of Colton Bushi of Cindy Gladue of these indigenous bodies that our nation and our so-called fucking justice system tells um tells indigenous people and and non-indigenous people alike that their that their bodies don't mean as much as settlers that their lives don't mean as much as settlers and that property is protected above indigenous people Mm -hmm. that is so fucked so fucked 
and it's in direct opposition to do you know what i mean it's in direct opposition to everything we've been learning about about how to support our indigenous family and if you're not outraged by this do more research and you will be absolutely it is literally the injustice system the justice system is a full oxymoron it's a fraud it doesn't it is it's fraudulent it so okay so i I don't want to say more on this but what we need is to decolonize the system Mm -hmm. and we need you all to to stay tuned and because we have an amazing guest who has something amazing to say about decolonization so thank you kate for bringing this dyer's case um to our attention oh before we leave uh this topic i do also want to say we do need to make a plea uh, for an appeal everyone's voice needs to be heard uh you can email the federal uh, justice minister is jody wilson raybould and the email is j-o-d-y dot wilson dash r-a-y-b-o-u-l-d at p-a-r-l dot g-c dot c-a that's Jody Wilson Raybould. Um, email her, ask for an appeal on this case. We will also post this yeah. on our platforms. And then, uh, provincially speaking, uh, the Attorney General, as of today, is Caroline Mulrooney. She was just sworn in uh, um, as the Attorney General. Yeah. Um, Doug Ford's cabinet. So, many reasons to email her. Yep. And um, also, last thing to say so Jonathan Styers was a member of the Six Nations of the Grand River Reserve. Uh, make an appeal for him and for his community and for justice and to show that this shit cannot stand. How many more times do we have to fucking do this? Apparently, uh, apparently countless and forever. So, yes, uh, do whatever the fuck you can. Make your voice heard. Be an accomplice. Be educated. Be loud and angry. Uh, without further adieu. Without further ado, um, let's get to our segment with our guests. Jeffrey McNeil Seymour to join us. Yay! Yay! Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, how are you, Jeffrey? Um, I'm great, thank you. How are you guys doing? Oh, great, man. We're doing great. Can you hear us okay? I can totally hear you. Sweet. Great. So for the listeners back home, this is another uh, cross-country. Yeah. Cross-continent? Cross-continent episode, sure. Episode. Um, Jeffrey, where do you hail from? <clears throat> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, um, I uh, come from a place called Kamloops, uh, Taste of uh, It's uh, what's now known as Kamloops, British Columbia. I mean, so-called British Columbia. Right. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, Tukamlap Sisekwakam uh, simply refers to my indigenous nation as the people from where the two rivers meet. Great. And just for our listeners back home, before we go into the nitty gritty, um, can you just explain why you said so-called British Columbia? Um, <clears throat> I say so-called British Columbia because all across Canada, up until about the uh, BC-Alberta border, there's treaties. Um, and while there exist in British Columbia examples of uh, modern-day treaties, uh, uh, our indigenous nations here uh, have never ceded nor surrendered our indigenous territory. It just have happened, and the reason why that happened is because in 1910, um, as the second wave of disease was going through uh, <clears throat> our communities, 
um, in in my in, in Kamloops, there used to be a, a village of a thousand of my ancestors, and by the time that last wave of disease went through, it was reduced to just over 250 Holy people. Fuck. Oh my god! And so our territory is quite expansive. It's the largest territory in so-called British Columbia, um, but uh, we used to have a hundred thousand of my ancestors. So quite literally, right behind my house, there is a dike. By the river and on the other side of the dike is where all of our all of my ancestors who didn't survive um the smallpox epidemic are buried there <clears throat> so we say unseated because um we haven't signed a, a treaty although the federal and provincial governments are doing their damnedest right now to force people into one. <laughs> oh my god Whew. i don't even know what to say <laughs> I um yeah. I well first of all I just want to thank you so much for coming to talk to us. I know we're so lucky. Mm. Um, we're also extremely stupid, and we really shouldn't be. Um, so if you feel like you're doing too much uh, emotional labor by by educating us, just hang up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> if you're like, you know what, fuck these dumb white guys. We'll I'm be done. like fair. <laughs> In essence, also Come so on. I mean no no we we like. We're just downplaying so ourselves for the laugh. We're fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeffrey, tell tell us what it is you do. Well, um, <clears throat> I, uh, I I work at the Thompson Rivers University. Um, at present, I'm just finishing up my uh, fifth semester of teaching a core required course called uh, Decolonizing Social Work Practice. Wow. And so uh, my whole objective with it as a person that's actually from the land here um, <clears throat> is to decenter our understanding, our, our social work practice with our, my sequecum, uh, my nation's uh, land-based and spiritual pedagogy. So how I teach um, is by introducing our, our stories, um, our uh, you know, place names, and and our our laws, our protocols, all of those sorts of things as they interrupt um, the colonial narrative. Um, <clears throat> and just getting my students to think through um, positionality on the lands that they're on. So uh, even though I'm teaching from here, I, I still reference uh, you know the time that I worked in Toronto so uh, when I was doing my master's degree, I was working for Aboriginal Legal Services. Um, and uh, for my protocol uh, piece is that I'm in service to that nation, right? So I, I, have to, I, I don't have speaking authority unless I'm given express permission to do so. And if I'm there, I have to find ways to be in service to uh, the people. And I think that that's a really great way for social workers to think about their their practice and to think about just the relationality and the responsibilities that we have as a profession because social work has uh, historically been the front line of uh, stealing our babies, um, yep. yeah. uh, putting them into care. Uh, you know, the Millennium Scoop is like ongoing. There's more kids in care now than there ever was. Um, you know, throughout our whole social work education, Indigenous people have always positioned as like um that being like you know uh <laughs> and in terms of thinking like an oppression olympics but like we're at the top of all of the, the negative uh, determinants of health mm -hmm. um and we're socially constructed that way so how do i in my classroom interrupt that first moment of encounter because most of my students when they come into my classroom have never had a relationship with an indigenous person let alone someone actually from the territory let alone a two-spirit person and or lgbtq identified person right so right. they're every week getting like un 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 unsettled um just by my body which is i think um 
it's a it's a it's a wonderful responsibility, and I really am thankful that I have this um, this path in front of me. That's amazing. Thank you for coming to share That's that so with nice. all of our listeners too. Like we're so grateful. Um, oh, we you. usually ask all of our guests, which is hilarious because I feel like you've just literally answered the question of how do you use your queerness to create change, and then. I mean, you don't need to answer that because you just did. <laughs> Unless you can think of another way that's cute. <laughs> well, um, well, I mean, the the, the, the the classroom is my like as my front, my personal front line is not like in terms of my uh, my activism. I uh, I I call myself, I guess, a, a land and, and water protector. Uh, right now, in my territory, we're facing, you know, the the. Canadian government pushing through um, Justin Trudeau's big silver shiny oily gross phallus through our territory <laughs> and, and um, uh, now with them having bought out Kinder Morgan it also then opens up space for the to come in to help get that pipeline through and so my, my activism is really centered around um, a call to action but my as much as I uh, I'm critiquing particular spaces. One of the other places, as a two-spirit person, I'm also calling out complicity of the LGBTQ populations as well. Like our social justice initiatives don't begin and end with the ability to marry or to adopt or say it louder. Um, Fuck yeah, uh, yeah, right. And so we have to. Um, I, I I call actually oh my god you guys seriously today on Facebook I just found out that for fucking Vancouver Pride there is a, a pool party for the Circuit Boys and they're having it at fucking Trump Tower. What? what? Yeah. Well, it must be like ironic, right? This is right? just fucking breaking, right? Like seriously, like. Good God. Not to think that through, and then the Vancouver Pride Society was endorsing it on their website, and so I, I, I led a little intervention right as soon as I found out, and like messaged them. <laughs> they really responded quickly on their Facebook Messenger. I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> what was the? What did they say back to you? Mm, uh, so their position is that they, uh, that it's a free service that they offer, so promoters can upload their uh, events. But I'm like, there should be like a. Uh, a, a moment before a pause so that someone from the society can like take a little look see to make sure that you're not fucking supporting Trump or some other fucking like also just like a cute pool party at Trump Tower what the fuck is this yeah that's your pride that's your resistance okay. yeah right I know and then the overarching theme of this year's pride there is uh, love and uh, unity or something yeah it's love and unity isn't that Trump's manifesto <laughs> right totally oh well, just spreading so much love separating babies from their families uh. <laughs> <laughs> laugh about the darkness right uh, all we can do okay so before we get in more I just want to like our podcast is very much about storytelling and getting to know who you are. It's a silly question, but if you had to put your feeling for today into a color, what would that color be? Oh, shit. <laughs> um, I'm like looking at all the colors around me right now. Um, <laughs> Look inside for it. I'm not sure. Really, okay, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to go with this. Um, so my Sikh teachings are that our five approaches to our health are located through our land, water, fire, wind, and then the blue light within. So it's going to be blue. Fuck I love yeah. that. That's amazing. 
Thank you. Thanks for just like rolling with that. I just threw that at you. <laughs> Ow! <it. laughs> Duck next time. <laughs> I also, okay, so uh, this will be released two days after so called Canada Day. Um, okay. And we're trying to rally our listeners to keep critical ears, critical eyes, and critical thinking about this again so called holiday. Um, and I think we want to start with the notion of decolonization. Um, I was wondering, you've, you already mentioned it, but I was wondering if you could go a little bit more into what that refers to and how we might enact that, especially as allies in the community. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, decolonization is a really huge cultural project in that the project of colonization is so successful that it's colonized our minds. And that's, I think, a starting point that we have to think about then is to understand what those structures look like and what the technology has been. So we can look at reserve systems. uh, We can look at, you know, child apprehension, um, divide and rule um, uh, tactics uh, that have also been used in queer communities as well, right? Like, I think that it's important that we find those shared spaces um, you know, like surveillance by the police, right? Like, mm-hmm. was it just like two years ago there was men found in, that were busted in the park in Toronto or yeah, something? Yeah. You know, like, so that surveillance piece is still strong. And I think that that's a really great starting place for LGBTQ populations and Indigenous populations to find that common ground. But um, <clears throat> to come back to the colonization pieces, I, I think that. Um, one of the things that I ask my students to think about is that we all come from somewhere, right? So can you guys tell me about um, any of your uh, healing practices as they were tied to your own nations of origin? Uh, No, I can't. Absolutely not. Right? So we have to think about like, okay, like just like how, how we are in this place called Canada. Like, do we have like that, like, solid uh unifying piece uh that runs through the entire nation and at the same time uh how are we in respectful how are we in relation to our ancestry right Mm -hmm. um and uh to break it down into like say medicine wheel teachings uh we have like uh, uh uh, the black race, the white race, the red race, and the yellow race. And while that's not necessarily like the best way to break down like the the the, 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 the diversity of of, es- of of different ethnic origins, yeah, um, it uh, we can look at. Um, like, where is that specific moment in history where the white race, for instance? was separated from their land-based and spiritual ways of knowing, like that mm-hmm. attachment to space and place. <laughs> Excuse me, I um, uh, was leading a talking circle and uh, I had a lot of uh, matriarchs and patriarchs um, uh, that were sitting in it and uh, from uh, that were of Caucasian backgrounds. And so the, I witnessed this 85-year-old uh, matriarch, you know, be like I ask a question in my talking circles who are you where are you from and why are you here and so as we moved through each of those questions you know where are you from is when this woman shared like she got she was like actively weeping and just remembering that moment when she had to leave Germany and that separation from land and she still was mourning it that many like you know that long Mm -hmm. wanting to be back home so that's a really interesting uh uh, thing to think about um, for me. So I, I get my students to think about um, 
you know, my last session, I had about three quarters of my students that were of Irish ancestry. So I have this really great film um, that I use. It's called Song of the Sea. It's an animated film, and it was uh, won a bunch of awards because it was like the more <laughs> it was like the first animated film that was all hand drawn and like. A, a number of years um, and uh, but it's really great because the, juxta- the juxtaposition is it shows like uh, the industrial um, world kind of uh, moving all, like encroaching on all like the, the nature and and the, all the supernatural entities as they're attached to Irish culture are represented in this film so after we watch the film I just asked my students I'm like so how many of you know your stories and none of none of them know their stories, right? And so I think that that's a, a thing to think about is that the project of colonization has been so successful because it was enacted upon its own people before it was released into the world, right? So there's wow. evidence, archaeological evidence in Ireland that has um, a reveal, like the, the, the uh, archaeological evidence of a sweat lodge that's made out of stone. And so that tells me as an indigenous person and other people that having done sweat lodge teachings that there was a strong land-based and spiritual, uh, that was like an eco-spiritual um, uh, relationality with space and place. But we can look at like maybe the monarchy or the witch hunts even too. That was definitely about separating um, people like that held particular knowledges about particular plants or places or spiritual truths. Um, those women and men that were burned at the stake, like they they were removed because they were a threat to the overarching power. Yeah, and so you know, I think that that's something that we have to remember when we're talking about decolonization is that. Um, it's very much we have to and, and, and this is controversial for me to say in in my own community because people aren't ready to hear this truth but we also have to hold space and remember that the white race is also um, suffering from intergenerational trauma but it goes back thousands of years wow I like even in me asking the question I did not expect that response because I don't think of my own heritage or history or ancestry as part of the colonial project well i think of them as colonial perpetrators and as colonists but not as of having colonization enacted upon and like i am of i think fourth generation irish settler and fifth generation german settler so like i felt like you just spoke directly to me there a little bit that was yeah well as a two-spirit i just have these like natural abilities (laughs) of like doing these sorts of things so keep at it i like seeing elliot so uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) Um, I not to change the subject so much, but I'm curious about. Um, so obviously, you identify as two spirit. How does that how does that separate itself from the LGBT community, and how is it similar? Mm. Well, <clears throat> um, one of my challenges when I started uh, really diving into this two spirit identity because I didn't I didn't grow up with it. I didn't know about it. Um, when I first moved to Vancouver um, back in like 1998, oh my gosh, I was such a pup, um, <laughs> and I'm still such a babe. Like it's amazing. I really credit Crystal Math for keeping me like as tickled as I am. So, oh my god, my youth from back then, not now. Um, anyways, historical um, math. Yeah, totally. Yeah, my historical Matthews is amazing. Uh, okay, anyways, sorry. we're all about here. <laughs> love it um, uh, but yeah so when I was like going through my identity formation of like oh okay so oh I'm, I'm, am I this gay person or um, you know 
I think like I, I started to like look for those persons in the community that I uh, identified with, and so as I you know you know became a number one like club kid in Vancouver, going to all the after hours and stuff like that, I also started to recognize that there was another part of myself that wasn't represented in um, in the community per se, and I really had to like dig deep, like and did like the indigenous presence, like two spirit presence, really wasn't there, but. Um, uh, uh, on my 24th birthday, my friends had a, 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 a eagle, like a feather box carved for me by uh, a random carver dude that was down on the seawall in Vancouver. And they just told him a little bit about who I was. And then he carved this beautiful feather on it and put two eagle heads inside of it. And that was the first time that I'd ever heard about this two-spirit identity. And then finally, I was all like, oh, my God, it makes perfect sense now. <laughs> um, so it's like a, a provided a synthesis of like also identifying like you know honoring like my um my my den mothers i don't know like the house mm-hmm. of venus uh, really picked me up and um so honoring that that queer becoming um but then also to being able to find that synthesis with my uh, indigenous and my sequakam uh, identity um so Two spirits, um, as far as I uh, discuss and how I articulate it from my grounded authority and my own territory here, is um, it's very much a, it's a doorway through which to go through to have conversations about um, about people's uh, roles and responsibilities in community. Like uh, two spirit is commonly constructed um, within the literature as just being about gender, but we also know that culture isn't static. So um, the inclusion of sexuality is a piece. I think it's really important that we give our, our two-spirit youth every opportunity to identify or to at least have a name to begin to start their own exploration of, of self, right? And, and for two-spirit, uh, <clears throat> it was ground... Like, when the, the, the marriage piece was happening, uh, there was these memes that were going around like gay marriage has always existed here on this turtle island blah 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 Um, and I found that really problematic because gay marriage as it's constructed today probably wasn't understood in the same ways as it was constructed pre-contact and to reduce the complexities of the relationality um, uh, to just the heteronormative structure that is marriage yeah uh, i think that that's that was problematic for me and then at the same time here's an example of the dominant queer community co-opting our traditionally accepted spaces um but there was never any reciprocity right and 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 that right so like we're when I'm on the front lines of like doing any sort of protest, I'm like, where are my LGBTQ familia, right? Like, mm-hmm. where's my family? Where's my Kiswalton? Um, Kiswalton <laughs> is family in my language, just in case you wanted to know. Um, but uh, yeah, so Two Spirit is very much, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an individual engagement. Um, and uh, it, it's different than LGBTQ in that um, it, uh, it it creates a dialogue. It's, it's a starting point of having a dialogue about uh, specific uh, cultural attachments to space and place, mm-hmm. to spirituality, to family, to community, to your nation, um, to land, to water, to the winged and the, the hooved and the furred and the, all kinds of stuff out there, right? So, yeah. um, 
so that's uh, the, the point of difference in that our, our, our social justice and our human rights um, uh, work isn't centered on our queer or our gendered or like our, our sexual or gendered selves. Um, we very much value, and I, I, I wouldn't say that this is just like a, a localized experience. I think that we all want to be valued for, for these things, but uh, for how humble we are in community yeah. and how we contribute to community. Like, how do we give back? That's really the, 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 the central piece is like, you know, I've just met so many in, my, in, my, in, in the work that I do. I just met... Um, uh, through the Men's Health Initiative and a gathering in Kelowna, this beautiful trans woman who moved home um, to Anaheim Lake. Um, do you know? I, I, I've never been there. So My geography is terrible. It's, like, it's, it's pretty small, you know, it's backwards, so rednecky. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so she moved home from uh, Vancouver to go and look after her mom who was sick and then now has become the community health nurse. And um, she's just this beautiful trans two-spirit woman. And I was just so like in honor of her. Like that's a, that's a, that's a hard thing to like move back into your community, particularly in the body that she's in, given the residential school's lasting legacies of imposing homophobia and transphobia in our communities. So to see that work that's being done and that for most of us like for me i, I want to be a two-spirit power couple but like we're all fucking moving home to our communities to like do that that hard grounded work and i'm related to everybody here so that's kind of gross so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, so okay. what would you say to like to our listeners um because i think a lot of our listener base is uh toronto-based in the queer community and maybe um, not that this lets anyone off the hook, but doesn't know how to be an ally or doesn't know how to decolonize or doesn't know um, how to stand up for, for our two spirited uh, individuals who like, we should be at the front lines with you. Right. And so I, I don't know, like, what would you say to those people um, for first steps? I think, um, I think first steps are really like, take a look at the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's um, 94 Calls to Action. Mm-hmm. Look at the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. Those are really accessible pieces. And then from there, uh, you know, just do a quick Google search and find out where the nearest reserve is and get to know a little bit of what they talk about um, on on their site, right? So Toronto, or to Toronto, uh, uh, is, uh, is, was at one time, uh, it's, a, it's an overlay like Haudenosaunee, uh, Mississauga, the new credit um, actually are the land holders right now, I guess, but also Anishinaabe and I think Mohawk as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, Toronto is like situated beautifully because it is actually a gathering place. Um, and that's historically what it was um, for Indigenous people. And so just to see like the diversity of Toronto, I think that's just really beautiful to think about our futures uh, movement forward. Anyways, um, tangent. No, that's, that <laughs> was so beautiful. <laughs> well, I like, I, it's, it's, um, it's nice to hear that it's not all doom and gloom and there is, you know, there is hopefully something to look forward to that decolonization is something that might be within our grasp and we can all grow as a community from it. That might be over mm-hmm. oversimplifying it, but mm-hmm. well, I think like, um, you know, there's, there's been attempts, uh, 
made and the positioning of you know two spirit people within the pride parade um but uh i think uh in terms of decolonizing for the lgbtq person is to maybe just sit with thinking about like how humble you are and how are you contributing to community and like how are you like how what <clears throat> what skills do you have to bring to that and how um like if you see that there is some sort of resistance like i think for me like with the colton bushy and tina fontaine um pieces is that uh like uh those court decisions I, again too like that's just an, another recent example of doing some resistance work mm-hmm. in Kamloops here and then just kind of like wondering okay well where is that um so i think like doing like territorial acknowledgements or when a community like for uh, two-spirit people and indigenous people uh we are <clears throat> uh carded we're profiled by the police um and I think that it's important that uh, we need to advance our dialogue past allyship. I think allyship is done mm-hmm. um, and it has been for a while now. It's really about accomplice. We need accomplices. We need uh, people to literally put their bodies in in the in, <clears throat> in front of like police, um, in front of the people that are there to actually harm us. <clears throat> and if you're able to do that work, amazing. But if you can at least come and stand uh, behind us when we stand up at like you know, say, uh, AGM for Toronto pride, you know, and Mm an indigenous person stands up, like stand with them, like Mm -hmm. actually stand up and stand with them. That's a really, um, good way to to start. Um, I appreciate how accessible that is. Like literally everyone, all of our listeners can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I think, uh, yeah, just, I, you really just need to understand like the lay of the land, maybe like, <clears throat> go to Name Res Powwow in Toronto or um, there's yeah there's a myriad of things that you can do but I think that like also too oh my gosh this is one of the other big important things <clears throat> so while I was doing my master's <clears throat> at Factor Inventage Faculty of Social Work at University of Toronto I'm not saying that to give them props because ew um, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my master's there right now I also graduated U of T oh but, my no, god but you fair <laughs> fair fair and also fair <laughs> um I broke up with my boyfriend. My aunt passed away, and I graduated all at the same time. And the oh one, of the, the one that I had to like the hardest time consolidating within myself was my U of T experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suck it. So I'll just say that. Um, uh, but yeah, so <clears throat> like if you're on like any sort of advisory panel or council, or you're doing some community work, like really look around the table and see who's sitting there, and and, and think about who's not sitting there, right? Like, do you mm-hmm. need youth? Do you need a trans body? Uh, like. And not in a co-optive way, but like, what are your relationships? Yeah. If you don't have those relationships, then uh, you have more work to do. And particularly, we need to also be inclusive of our uh, of two like of our indigenous and our two spirit bodies um, in our togethering and uh, our in our creative ways forward. I just want to say this one thing: how I think about our relationality as LGBTQ and two spirit, like. Definitely, there's uh, significant um, differences, but I don't want to rest in that in that difference because I want to find our confluence, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and I want to find our ways together. And so, there's this really great prophecy that um, that I've heard, and it says that um, uh, in the earlier times um, of people being on this turtle island on this land here, that 
the men and the women lived in different camps and it was a two-spirit man and two-spirit woman that went between the camps to deliver messages and eventually brought both camps together um and boom now we now we have a population issue so bad on us but anyways um, <laughs> uh the the thing that I, <clears throat> that I love about this prophecy is that it says that when there is a prevalence of uh, two-spirit people, like a recognizable prevalence, that that marks the transition that we're moving through right now. I, that's really what I experience, what we're moving through right now, is that the heteropatriarchy, like, you know, in horror movies, when, like, the demon's getting sucked back into hell and it's, like, grabbing at anything it can before it gets sucked in? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's how I feel about heteropatriarchy right now. Like, look at Trump. Like, <laughs> all of, like, this, like, big, like, macho power men toxic masculinity bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- we are, are very much in, like, I don't know whether it's a rematriation or, like, bringing back a, a matrifocal or matrilineal or matriarchal uh, society. I mean, there's women in power that have made really ridiculous decisions and harmful ones at that, but... Um, I don't necessarily know that like uh, <laughs> uh, gender pronouns and trans is either the way that I also want to think like I like is it a fluidic sort of thing but <clears throat> I think it's more of a return to <clears throat> sorry um, the feminine yeah <clears throat> or for for men to be recognizing that they're out of touch with their their emotions their ability to like their emotional intelligence is Mm -hmm. really precarious right now and and that's not just in heterosexual populations absolutely Um, (laughs) like can we talk about grinder for a minute shit oh god (laughs) do we have another five hours yeah right oh god yeah. So I've been doing this really great cultural experiment here, and it's actually like rewarded me greatly on Grinder. But I've also been wondering, like, okay, well, what does that look like when I'm like online, you know, doing my thing, and I'm all like, oh, here's my address, and because I live on a reserve, I shit you not, like, pretty much like ghosts. I, I get no. ghosted every single time mm-hmm. I give my address, and people are like, oh, it's so scary to come under the reserve. I'm all like, uh, why? <laughs> they, they think they're gonna get beat up or something. I'm like what the fuck is the narrative about like indigenous people, uh, you know, just across the river that people think about my reserve lands here. Well, um, I'm from Sudbury, Ontario, and that narrative was hugely prevalent in elementary school, high school, throughout the parents, like in the population. It's just, um, the reserve was like, yeah, the scary place that, that you would go as like an adventure. And it's just so disgusting. Like that is, that was the thing. I mean, I do glare at like the, waspy like mid- middle-aged white people that go on their bike rides through my <laughs> I'm like, both both can be true like, though like, <laughs> i'm like are you just like like doing like some sort of like trauma porn or something like you're all like hi honey do you want to go for a bike ride through the reserve today okay <laughs> like <laughs> Wouldn't be shocked anyway. if that was the literal reason oh, <laughs> yeah and i bet it probably is <laughs> absolutely um, so we have to wrap up, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> really, not either. As long as you agree to take another phone call with us, or when you eventually come to Toronto, which hopefully isn't in too long, we can actually meet. Yes, mm-hmm. or both, <laughs> or both. Um, yeah, I'm happy to take another phone call. Um, I think that I'm very happy to announce that I'm giving Thompson Rivers University the bird um <laughs> after, after three years of service 
Um, I uh, can't get a foothold in there, and I'm actually from the territory. And so when you're talking about projects of reconciliation, decolonization, and indigenization, you need to put your fucking money where the mouth is and nurture yeah, your emergent yeah. scholars like myself. And and who's done that? Ryerson University. So I'll be joining uh, Ryerson this fall, teaching in the social work program um, <clears throat> with uh, two other new hires. Uh, Congratulations. Another yeah. So, so amazing. Congrats. So great. I'm finally making a million dollars. It's great. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. I'm so excited to meet you. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. that'd be awesome. Um, can can we ask you to plug your uh, work and your art and where people can find you online? <laughs> plug everything. Plug everything. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, my grinder profile is. <laughs> Not those. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, okay, so uh, <laughs> July twelfth, uh, I have um, I'm op- the summer Renaissance at uh, 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 Never Apart in Montreal. Cool. Uh, we have an opening. Um, um, I'm showing my next art piece, which is a video installation um, looking at uh, uh, a grounded ceremony that I was gifted, and so this. <clears throat> this video, this <clears throat> this documentation of the ceremony is um, a literal like hope for the future because two spirit people have been so displaced from uh, their cultural attachments or the community attachments that uh, I've had a hard time finding any sort of concrete examples of what we did back pre-contact, and so this Inklakatmoch uh, matriarch. Um, said to me, uh, my boy, you, um, I've never seen someone hold so closely to the heart the way you held us today. And so I'm going to give you this ceremony and you need to go and do this. And so I had to take a cedar bundle and wrap salmon bones from the river here, um, uh, inside the cedar bundle. And then I had to get into the river and do a, a sunrise ceremony. And so, uh, a lot of our ceremonies are, are, are there's, an element of sacrifice so I'm like I'm gonna do it in February so on February 28th (laughs) I I did that Um, and so yeah we're showing it I've called it two spirit man two spirit women call home the salmon I called in my two spirit sister to come uh, cut my braid as I offered that as one of my offerings it's like there's no other higher offering than than that that I can give is that's my connection to my family to my community to my land and so um and um, and then my 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 home squeeze my muse uh, Miss Quana Style also came um, flew in and just looked after the two of us while my family stood on the riverbank and sang songs and prayed for us while we did this work and so we're sh- I'm I'm showing that in Montreal um, so July twelfth that comes out and Amazing. it's a really powerful piece um, and. <clears throat> Believe me, I'm hypercritical, and I'm actually for the first time like, this is great. I really <laughs> yes. like this. Need awesome. that energy. I love oh my that. God. I should have fucking like, dipped. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then on the 14th, uh, the gallery also then does like a uh, educational component. So I'll be doing my artist talk. It's a two-hour lecture, and I'll live stream it on Facebook. So Yay. you can just like either follow me on Facebook, which is just simply Jeffrey McNeil, J E F F R E Y M C N E I L, and um, that's a really great way to kind of keep up to date with like stuff that I'm doing or any actions that I'm supporting or and or planning. Um, I also just have to quickly say that um, Isaac Murdoch and Christy Belcourt, who have been doing this wonderful silk screen 
Beginning Banner Project all across Turtle Island. So they're going into communities and teaching people how to do art and, and creating all these banners to send to the front lines of resistance so that it's like the same message is getting out. And it's wow. just beautiful. And they've uh, graciously donated um, or allowed me to uh, also showcase the, the, the banner project in my in my installation. So so that's kind of like the, the next big thing that I have going on. Um, oh, and you can also catch me at Base Coast. Oh my God, I'm decolonizing festivals. And so I'm an amazing dancer and I'm not humble about that one thing. <laughs> and so I, I turn it out and I'm also having, we're doing some great work there, just getting people again to understand the significance of showing of 5,000 people showing up on a river and at no point are they ever, you know, the majority ever called to feel like they need to engage with that water in a, in a good way. And it's just simply walking up, taking an offering, tobacco, putting it in the water and as crazy as you feel, you just talk to the water, introduce yourself and just tell the water and the land why you're there. And that's kind of the place that we start from wow. um, in the workshop. And that's actually a great thing for people to do too. If you're ever feeling like you're having a bad day, talk to the water. The water oh, is what lovely. connects us. That's right? amazing. <laughs> okay, beautiful. Also, I'm going to tell people to look you up. Um, just Google your name because you have an amazing TED Talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we loved it. So. <laughs> um, and then also Never Part also has put up their um, uh, the, the artist talk from our, I did a show, I curated a show there last year. And so that's up there as well. Um, yeah. So beautiful. I'm out there. Yeah, Thank you. Me. Thank you. Like this is so good. We we are for sure gonna call you again. Yeah. <laughs> if okay. that is okay. Yay. This is amazing. Yeah, because we need to talk about Jack Halberstam. Okay. Yes. We yes. Really do. That's part two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> okay, beautiful. Well thank you so much, Jeffrey. Thank you. Yeah, thanks guys. See you okay, soon. Okay, have a wonderful day. Yeah, thanks. you too. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Um Wow. Wow. So I'm so happy. I really feel like we elevated ourselves with that segment. That was so cool. I definitely, yeah, absolutely, my mind speechless. is blown. I mean, like, it, we were being entirely genuine. This needs to happen again. Yeah. We're going to call Jeffrey again. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot that we need to learn. There's a lot that you need to learn. You, the listener, and you, Tom. <gasps> me? <laughs> yeah, dare, no, definitely me. I. Definitely me. Uh, so, yeah. F- I mean, allyship is done. We didn't know that. We needed to know that. Um Let's be accomplices. Speaking of accomplices, yeah, not to be the worst person with transition ever, but Pamela, Pamela, we've forgotten. Pamela, we're so sorry. She's not happy. So, Tom, do you want to describe her look right now? Sure. So she's like, she's not get, not as usual, not having any of your shit. Yeah. And she's like a naked baby. Yes. She's like a like a bear kitten. <laughs> Just, like, horrified at the nude beach. Yes. She doesn't want any fucking sun on her head. She doesn't want any shit. She just wants sun. She's wearing her fucking funeral umbrella. Yep. And she's drinking a bottle of lube. Yes. Because. She's lube hungry. That's, like, you know. Yeah, it's water-based lube. She thought, why not hydrate and show people I'm cruising at the same time. Exactly. So she's drinking liters of lube (laughs) while waiting for... Her person charming to come rescue her. Her per- well, her kitty charming. Her kitty charming. Oh, Aww. sorry. I'm sure her love doesn't know any species. Or age, because, like, is she into kitties or cats? <laughs> Pamela, let's put Pamela Tell in a us, box. Pamela. <laughs> okay, Pamela, you ready for the chofing round? Oh, are we chofing? <laughs> no. <laughs> With <just> Pamela? <laughs> Jesse, 
Jesse cut <clears throat> me out. Oh. Oh. Jesse cut me out? Yeah. Like, Is that what we're going with? Just like cut my voice forever. Oh, oh, oh I see. Not like cut me out as a cutout. Right. Um, Thomas, <laughs> I feel like, quite frankly, we need to uh-huh. skip the the quoting round just because like well who are we gonna quote to exactly each other Fuck exactly it. that's too boring um also too much leg over the telephone save it for next time <laughs> <laughs> I need you to tell me your silver lining oh shit yeah yeah oh okay um my silver lining is this out of all the cool things we did during Pride um this there was this one thing that stood out uh we went to uh, well we were together but we went to Young Dundas Square. To see Tainomi Banks perform and Leah, uh, Leah Elise Canali perform. Um, it was the first time she ever sang her new hit single, and mm-hmm. I was so overwhelmed. Like I was literally crying the whole time, like a motherfucking pregnant chicken. Me too. Whoa! <laughs> and I was so angry. Like I kept on yelling "fuck you, bitch" because I really meant it. Like bring some just... misogyny to pride. I love it. <laughs> I was just so overwhelmed. Like, the fact that these were our friends, it was so cool. And I don't know. I'm just so proud of her. Like, she's just such a fucking grenade. Yeah. Ugh. It was phenomenal. The light. The light. Fucking listen to the light. Well, we're, we'll pl- let's play it. We will. Yeah. We'll play it here. Also, I think you should give it the downloads and the listens on Spotify, Apple yeah. Music. Subscribe. Yeah, do that. Download. Well, that's what we're only playing a little snippet. True. A little Talk, cute whisper. Uh, about it. Thank you for asking. My silver lining was uh, <laughs> very similar vein, not to steal yours, but that was a very defining moment Thief. for Pride was to see Leah perform that. And like, so I, like I said, I, I met some new people and like had a, a gaggle of queers around me and I was like ushering them to get to, um, to young Dundas in time. One was in like six inch heels and like totally wiped out. And I was like, I don't have time. I need to see Leah. Right. So through some band-aids kept walking. You were a businesswoman. Exactly. Yeah. Very purple, very violet marching. Very, very indigo. Yeah. Like when I got there though, I kept saying like my friend's a singer, my friend's opening for Brandy and everyone's like, Oh cool, cool. Like no one really cared. As soon as Leah started singing and as soon as she fucking sang her single, everyone's jaws literally fell open. People were crying. People were dancing. Like a friend of ours went to art school and like knows vocals and was just telling me every single way why she's amazing and like why all the fucking notes she was hitting. And it just felt so good to like have her be appreciated fully, you know? Yeah. And she turned every fucking head. In that I wanted group. to turn to every stranger and be like, that's my friend. But then I realized that's really nobody stupid. cares. No one gives a shit who I am. I. Uh, this isn't pandering. This is literally genuine. Yeah. So I want to say like this, uh, I know it seems like a gimmick, but it's not. We do want to help her out and play her single. So we're yeah. going to do that. Yeah. But this literally was my silver lining. I'm not, I'm not shitting you. Same. Right now. Absolutely. I'm completely same. sober. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Tom can't lie when he's sober. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thomas. All right. So Jesse, cue that up. Yeah. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks.
so I hope you like that. Yeah, and I guess we should like tune off now. Right. Right. Do you have like? Uh, please follow. Go us. on iTunes. Yeah. Rate us. Review us. Yeah. If you hate it, be like, I hate it. Fuck those guys. Yeah. We just, you know, we want the review. Honestly, <laughs> those are something that we need to push for more because that yeah. does huge things for us. Yeah. So please so rate, do it. review, subscribe if you're not subscribed. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no. Until next you. week. Bye. Bye. See you next week. Day quick. No. One, two, ready, go. Yes.